0: With over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast episode number 165. Today, we are talking about the four pillars of instructional coaching That is right. We're going to be deep diving into a brand new project that we're working on here. And we are going to be working together, you and I, to create the perfect instructional coaching program. We're going to be doing this over the course of a few weeks, probably a few months. In fact, we're going to be stretching things out and we're going to really be deep diving. But before we get into all the details of that, I want to bring on my co-host, Sue Vincent. Sue, how are you today? Welcome back to the show.
1: I am great, and it's actually great to be back. It's been a few weeks since I have recorded an episode as uh, Jeff has taken care of some of the ISTE authors that you've been hearing from and the project-based learning stuff. Um, We've had some great stuff coming out, and I'm excited about our material to come in the next several weeks.
0: If you haven't had a chance to check out our recent episodes, we did two episodes last week. I want to share with you guys, last Monday, we did episode number 163 which was an episode all about project based learning and a fantastic company called Tract, uh T R A C T tract.app. We had uh, Ari, one of the co-founders of Tract on and we had his co-founder Esther. Esther happens to be the mother of the CEO of 20, uh, of the CEO of 23 and me and also the mother of the CEO of YouTube. And a uh, fantastic episode all about project based learning. Definitely check that out. Um, and then the following Wednesday, we did a, another ISTI author episode with our good friend Jessica Pack all about movie making in the classroom. Her brand new ISTE book launched last week all about ISTE, uh, movie making in the classroom. If you're interested in learning about broadcasting, journalism, uh, using media, iPads, iMovie, all that great stuff, check that out. We did that as a bonus episode, but you'll also be able to search for it under Ask the Tech Coach episode number 100 and 64 lots of great stuff happening on the show i hope you guys have a chance to check it out if you are listening to this for the first time welcome my name is jeff bradbury and i'm an instructional coach from the great state of connecticut and my co-host sue tell us a little bit about yourself
1: so i'm susan vincent and i'm a tech coach here in the louisville area in kentucky
0: and we are together, our Ask the Tech Coach. Guys, if you haven't had a chance, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. But that's not all that we have for you guys. Our Teacher Cast Tech Coaches Network is going strong. We've got over 350 great instructional coaches, and the conversations in our Tech Coach Network have been going strong over the last few weeks, talking about different things. We're always poking in there and bringing up questions and issues that we're all having. And we get a chance to share about it. You can find out more and, share and and sign up for free over at askthetechcoach.com. Sign up today and be one of our over 350 instructional coaches. We would love to have you guys a part of our TeacherCast Tech Coaches Network and our TeacherCast Tech Coaching family. Sue, today we're talking all about the four pillars of instructional coaching. I know you know a little bit about this. You've been a coach for a long time now.
1: A long time, over 15 years. So, yeah, I've had some experience, and you've been at it a while, too, right, Jeff? And have been in the midst of um, some project planning along the way, and we've put our minds together lately and came up with some good stuff. So what have you got going on here? Well, today
0: we're going to talk about these four pillars, and we're going to talk about them all together. The first pillar is about defining your goals, defining your missions. The second pillar is about creating that roadmap. The third is about who is in that roadmap and who's going to be supporting you and who are you going to be supporting? And then finally, what are those different programs? We're going to break down all of those things today. If you have any questions or if you'd like to contribute to the show, head on over to Twitter. You can go to ask the tech coach and uh, tweet at us. We would love to hear from you guys. And we often use the hashtag TechCoachEDU. But, Sue, let's just dive right in there. If you're going to be having an instructional coaching program, if you're going to be creating some kind of professional program to support your teachers, or as I've been telling my teachers recently, I am one-to-one white glove coverage. I am your professional development valet. Um, You got to start at the top, right? You have to define – what your digital learning goals are. I am not going to start this and say tech goals. I know this is Ask the Tech Coach, but you really do have to define your digital learning goals, don't you?
1: Absolutely. You have to have that identity and have that plan. And, you know, there's various parts of that to go about that when we're creating that identity. You know, even as a small business out there in the middle of town, they have to create an identity and as a coach, whether we're instructional or technology or working with the instructional coach, we have to work together to figure that out. So what are some ways, Jeff, that we can go about figuring that identity out as we move forward?
0: You know, I, I know we're all tired of hearing the term 21st century learning, and we're all tired of somebody getting up and saying, well, we're no longer in the 21st century, you know, all that stuff. Future
1: ready. And-,
0: and, and, and all those buzzwords are wonderful. But before we take our first step forward, I always suggest that a district needs to take a look in the mirror and figure out where it's been. So the first thing that we're going to be looking at is what is the history of digital learning in your district? Right. And for some districts way back in the day, Maybe they started on Chromebooks, maybe they shifted to laptops, maybe they threw some iPads in there, maybe they shifted back to Chromebooks. And and obviously, Sue, you know, we've been doing this for a long time. We yes. know that as administrators come in and go out, um, preference of hardware changes, um, whether it be through the trends, the times, uh, different technology, cost. But it's important to figure out where we were. Um, you got to get teacher buy-in. We're going to talk a lot about that on this show and over the next few episodes with this. But if any of this is going to work through teacher buy-in, you do have to have a grasp of where you're coming from. I've seen way too many times the school district gets up and says, we are going in this direction. And the audience goes, again? <laughs> we were already there. Or you know, the previous guy tried this or something like that. Right. So you have to, number one, have a good grasp on the history of digital learning, but two, that's not the only thing that a district needs to discuss and make some decisions on before making this journey, is it?
1: Oh, not at all. So you know, if we understand where you have came from, that history, so it's going to help you in moving forward and creating what your vision is going to be moving forward. Correct. So, um, you know, as you create that vision, it's going to help you in planning training, planning the equipment that you are going to purchase and what they need to be trained on. And all of those things as you create that coaching team and working with the other supported staff members, which we're going to talk about in a little while. So, that mission and vision is huge after you understand where that district came from. Now, the next part about
0: all this is going to be trying to figure out a system of instructional learning, digital instructional learning. Yes. And this is where teachers, administrators, school districts, they don't take the time to identify. And I love that in my district, like we, we know where we're going. We have our vision. We, we've been talking a little bit about that stuff. But. A district needs to decide what is the philosophy of digital learning. Are they going to go and support, for instance, the SAMR model? And are they going to talk about substitution, augmentation, modification? And, Sue, the last one is? Collaboration. Uh, What you say? The R, the R. We're doing SAMR, not the four C's. Redefinition. Redefinition. That's good. And. If they are, that's when the conversation starts about what does professional development look like? How are we going to do this? What what does a lesson need to look like? How do we envision a lesson? Um, but SAMR isn't the only model out there. Another popular one that's being used is called TIMS, and that is another digital learning support system that has got a nice rubric. It's it's all kind of laid out. Um, but again, that's not the only one. There's also one called T-Pack. I think the one that that you might have thought we were on uh, and others kind of are familiar with is the four C's. Now, this is the one that yes. I can never remember help me here collaboration communication creativity creativity and critical, critical thinking, thinking. Yes. yes i always try to say chrysanthemum in there somewhere <laughs> but but we have those 4 Cs now i i, I don't want to say most school districts either fall into SAMR or 4 Cs but i feel that those are the easier ones i think yes. SAMR is the easiest for me to explain to a teacher cuz you can say hey you do this on paper and the substitution is you do this on a Google Doc. Absolutely. And the modification is you do it on a Google Doc with photos or a video or another person. And then the modification is you turn the Google Doc into a video. And then the redefinition is instead of a video, you're really blowing out this project and doing something completely wacky with it, right? So Samer kind of easy to think about. What do you, do you have a favorite one? Do you have one that you subscribe to? Where are you – What's your district and Sue? So-
1: I probably, I used to be more of a SAMR, lean towards SAMR, but I think over the last couple of years, especially with the school system I'm with now, we lean more with the four C's and talk about those a little bit more verbally as we move forward. Now, here's a question I had for you, Jeff, as we talk about developing these systems and platforms, how, how do you as a tech coach or an instructional coach, or how do we out here who are listening, Get those conversations started.
0: You have to get them started early. You have to get them started often. But I also find that they have to happen natural. Uh, as an example, a couple of weeks ago, I was in department meetings. And, you know, I am not going to be doing a professional development session on the SAMR model nobody wants to hear that nobody wants to see these things but we were in department meetings and talking about the ela curriculum and in the middle of a three-hour meeting probably about two hours and 15 minutes into a three-hour meeting that's when i kind of got up in my chair and said you know now that we're in the process of actually creating the day-to-day lessons let's take a look at this what have you done in the past did you know this thing samr exists i explained it what you did over here, and I walk them through the steps, right? So it was mini PD inside of a meeting. But I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't, and I've done this. I'm guilty of this. I've done death by Sammer. I've done death by the four like, Many of us
1: have, I'm sure.
0: Uh, because why not, right? I, I want to bring in a new, a new offense, right? This, that's what this is. It, this, you know, if you're going to do football one hundred and one, you're installing an offense. Absolutely. Um you don't want to get 40 people in the room and, and do flow charts and PowerPoints on the four C's.
1: I love your point about letting it happen naturally. Cause we, as the instructional coach or the tech coach, what whoever we are, we're not the top people out there making the decisions of this is how we're going to, this is the system we're going to use. Now we hopefully are part of those conversations with some of the upper level people But we're there to carry it out and we're there to present it to the teachers in the most um, efficient and um, easiest to understand way possible. So letting those conversations happen naturally as they come is a great point.
0: So when we're looking at this first pillar here, it really is about two things. It's number one, figuring out where you've come from and then knowing where you want to go. So we just wrap that into one big pillar and we call that defining your school district. Yes. Now that you've got your definition, the next thing is to create the roadmap, create the vehicle in which you're going to gather your school district and you're going to create – what the vision is i know what we are i know where we're going now we're gonna put the puzzle together to figure this out and this is what is called your ed tech integration plan and if you've been a fan of this show for the last 140 164 episodes we've talked about this a lot and we're gonna read visit a lot of these topics we're going to revisit a lot of these topics in greater detail so I would highly recommend jump back into our archives probably episodes like 40 to 60 somewhere in there with Nick and I going through them but the EdTech integration plan is a 12-step program designed that way on purpose and each of these steps we're going to talk about here Sue we're going to be spending time over the next few weeks probably doing a show on each of these but just to kind of give you the rundown of the 12 number one is creating a district snapshot number two is defining your end game so number one is where what do you you know what is schooltopia gonna look like two is how do you you like what do you want to see when you get there you got to put that vision on you got to frame the picture first three is your essential question and I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to this episode. Hopefully, we can get more coaches on for this. What is the guiding question that you need to answer when we're done? And that could be as simple as, "How do we want to see our students learn?" Right. Uh, number four is our staff needs assessment, and that's going to be a big show here. How do we? How do we create a survey to determine what? and where our staff are like what are their needs and where are they right now so one create the snapshot Two, define your end game three formulate your essential question Four, staff needs assessment now that you've got your staff needs assessment it is all about action five we're going to identify what your staff members need for each position and that's where we break things down by teacher para office principal assistant principal Library, media specialists, what do each of these people need? Six, we're going to create a roadmap of how we're going to get them what they need. Seven, we're going to do that roadmap through the EdTech menu. You're going to love that episode. That's where we break down our favorite applications that we're on every single day, every single week. Yes. And we figure out what are the skills. But as we're developing that skills, number eight, we're going to be creating lesson plans. Standards-based lesson plans on how we're going to be providing that professional development widely across it. So that way, no matter how many coaches you have in a district, they're all teaching the same exact PD system. Number nine, since we're doing that PD, we're going to incentivize that PD. What does incentivization look like? What does uh, micro-credentialing look like? All of those things. And then the last ones here, we're almost at the end. Number 10, making recommendations. So we've gone through the process of finding the needs assessment, making the roadmap, getting the menu, putting the standards together, figuring things out, talking to everybody. 10 is making those recommendations. 11, almost there. We're sharing those recommendations with administration. And then finally, the creation of an ed tech integration plan. There's a lot of wow. things. In there it is 12 steps on purpose. Um, and then each of those steps has their own little spider webs, which we might go into. Um, but essentially, Sue, that is your plan. Once you have done those steps, you have a document that says, how are we going to get where we need to be?
1: though i can't wait to deep dive into some of these more individually i mean like you said we've talked about them before but things have changed technology has involved pedagogy has involved evolved and i'm excited about deep diving in whether it's just the two of us conversing or whether we have guests and you know if any of you out there have some deeper knowledge we would love to have you come and um, talk about these topics with us coming up so
0: we've defined our school we've created the roadmap. The third pillar is about our supporting staff members and anybody that you come in contact with, right? We're gonna deep dive into what is their role, what could be their role, what should be their role, but mostly what is their role when it comes to the instructional coaching position? And we're gonna deep dive mostly into five different categories, uh, our digital learning department, right? Which could be our administrators, um, our bosses, which could also be other coaches. What is the relationship between coaches? Um, what does an, a, a strong digital learning department look like? What's their mission? What's their vision? We're deep diving into this. Um, the second one, their IT department, right? You have Many layers to our IT department. We're going to be discussing the office-based staff, right—the people that sit at desks and they man servers and 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 administration portals and things. But also, you have your field technicians. What should the relationship be between the coach and the field technician? Uh, third in this category is your central office administrators. These are your middle management type—you know, your um, your curriculum directors, your 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 STEM directors, your. Uh, Special educate, you know, what is your connection to these people? If you're in the classroom supporting teachers, supporting special education, there's got to be a connection between you and these departments. They can't be different. Uh, Where are we? Fourth is your building based administrators, your principals, your assistant principals. What's your relationship with them? Uh, Sue and I have different relationships. Uh, Sue, help me out here. Your principal is your boss, or or no?
1: No, my the principals are not my boss. I am under the curriculum director, as you alluded to a moment ago. So, and the,
0: and, and, uh, the principals
1: my, are under the curriculum,
0: and and to, and I forgot actually. Um, and and that's how I am too. Like my boss is a uh, central office figure, not yes. the principal. But there are many tech coaches whose their boss is the principal. And and those roles are different, right? It, it's, I feel, and I'm sure Sue, you can speak to this too. It's important for the coaches to have their boss be somebody other than the principal. Yes. So that way, you can go in there and you can stand ground and you can, you know, speak up where needed without the fear of evaluation.
1: Absolutely. kind of more on a level playing field not that you as the coach are you know the same as that principal because they're in charge of their building but you're on a more level playing field as colleagues that way you can talk about okay what do you what would you like me to help your teachers with where can i go who can i speak to
0: now sue the last one's a little weird right we've talked about our digital learning department we talked about our it department central office department building based administrators But we haven't yet talked about this fifth one here, and this is probably my favorite group. I'm looking forward to talking about this. I hope we can get some people on from this department. It's your library media specialists. I'm
1: a former one myself, proud to be.
0: And I need to keep that in mind when I do my database homework this weekend. So (laughs) your library media specialists are the special people, right? I'm so fortunate that my immediate administrator is an LMS uh, former. My um bff in my school is a library media specialist and you know if anybody in the building understands what you're going through if anybody in the building understands how do you can support them how they can support you it's your library media specialist they
1: are often the first one on deck there to support you as an instructional coach or a tech coach and to try your ideas like they may be your guinea pig those are the ones that you can pull and say hey try this for me. See if you can do this. Would you be willing to teach a lesson about it in your media class if they have a fixed schedule in the elementary? They may be willing to try it themselves before you take it to a classroom teacher to try.
0: And I'm looking forward to that. Now, we're we're mentioning all of these things because as you're listening out there, guys, if you'd like to be on the show, if you know somebody who would like to be on the show, Please let us know. Uh, Sue and I have all these things mapped out over the next few weeks, and we would love to have you in there. So, again, number one, we defined our school. Number two, we created that roadmap. Number three, we're talking about our supporting staff members. And finally, to kind of round off everything, we have these supportive programs. And just to run through these, maybe your school does these, maybe they don't. We have things like new teacher orientation. And you might be thinking about, well, what does the instructional coaching program have to do with new employee orientation? Sue, you want to start that conversation off? Why, why would an instructional coach need to worry about new employee orientation?
1: Well, first of all, you've got to meet these new people and start that relationship building right off the bat. But many times you are the one who are helping them learn how to access the systems, whether it be the digital uh, digital textbooks or just their Google account. You're the one training them how to get on that and move forward so they can be a successful teacher from the day one.
0: I, I, I agree. I, and, and I, I've created now several different new employee orientations for different school districts. And I think everything, you know, new employee orientation only has three steps to it. What do I get? You know, how, how am I getting paid? Right. Um, What happens when I'm sick? So you do your you do you do your money, you do your benefits, and then who do I talk to if I need something in the classroom? Exactly. And and so the programs that I've developed, you know, once you get the money and the benefits out of the way, the whole entire thing is it's a commercial for the instructional coach. Absolutely. It is the opportunity for the instructional coach to shine. Um, you might be doing a new employee orientation and you're not their instructional coach. Your job is to make that instructional coach look like a million bucks, but yes. we're going to do an entire show over that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, next program. We've got parent university. Uh, I love the concept of parent university. I've built parent universities before looking forward to that uh, student tech teams looking forward to that one, trying to find some people to come in and do that show with us. Uh, the next three are kind of weird, but let's just kind of go through them. Daytime PD programs. Um, so, do you do anything like that? I mean, do you have a pro? Do you have an opportunity to have teachers pulled out of their class to come and sit in front of you on just regular days?
1: Only just during their planning times when they already have don't have students. See, That's I'm lo- really my only opportunity in that realm.
0: I'm looking forward to this show. In my previous mm-hmm. district, they uh, allowed me to create an entire pullout program where they supported it with substitutes. Uh, we did a menu. I'm going to show you how all that works and in the corresponding blog post to that, I'm going to make sure we're giving away all this stuff for free um, of how you can do this with all these things. Uh, The last two, teacher evaluation programs. How do they support you as a coach? And that's what we're going to talk about. You know, are your administrators setting the expectations? Are they mentioning your names? Are they plugging your work? And then the last one here is building evaluation programs. Not every – School district does this, but for those who do building evaluations, that's where central office comes down and says to your administrators, are the coaches being used? You we, we know, we're, we're, oh, yes. in, we're investing a lot in this program. Are they being used, essentially? And how? And how is it being worked? So we've got these four pillars, and I'm really looking forward to going over this, you know, many, many episodes to come
1: this is great stuff and i'm excited to be able to share more about it talk more about it and have some of our friends and colleagues join us in these conversations this is going to be great stuff
0: now the reason why we're doing this sue and 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 i wanted to mention this now is because i am right now in the middle of putting all of this information down on a uh project um, I'm some of you guys might know from, from listening to previous episodes. I'm in the middle of working on my administrative certificate in Connecticut. Part of this is to do a 140 hour internship. And, and so this is my project. I'm going to be dissecting what it takes to create an instructional coaching program and publishing it publishing it for you yes. out there and and really everything yes. that we just described there's going to be a blog post for it there's going to be an audio show for it there's going to be manipulative so you can download it um and there's a lot more things that i'm going to be creating for all of these things so when we say like um staff needs assessments um by the time you listen to this show there will be a blog post on teacher cast with 3500 words and All of the manipulatives are already going to be there on TeacherCast. So over the next uh, couple months, as we go through these as audio shows, you'll already find this in written form on the website. Yes,
1: I'm getting lots of awesome, great uh, sneak peek, proofreading, editing uh, glances at Jeff's hard work on all this. But that's only half the project,
0: right? Because the real goal for an instructional coaching program is to raise student achievement we do that by helping the teachers get better but the teachers are gonna get better so that way they can trickle down and help the students out so the real research behind all of this is what is the impact of an instructional coaching program on the achievement of the student in the classroom if the teacher is getting more gooder is the student going to also get more gooder and i'll be honest i don't have an answer for that that's the part of the project that's my roadmap as i dissect all these programs and figure this out and as i go through my years as an instructional coach both in a elementary building role and also in a district level role um how can we figure out what and how impactful an instructional coaching program is on the students of our school district so um when this is all done i am a hundred percent going to make all my findings public and sue it's a big project but uh i will say here on the show um get ready i've got a lot of stuff for you guys to proofread
1: yes and it's going to be um definitely um eye-opening as we go through some of these conversations if you
0: have anything to say about any of these topics or would like to join us for any of these shows we would love to have you guys of course you can reach out to us over at askthetechcoach.com join the teacher cast tech coaches network for free over at askthetechcoach.com and you can always follow us on twitter at ask the the tech coach um so I'm looking forward to this. Next week, we've got a great show. But before we tell everybody what the next show is, where can we hear about the great things that you're doing? What is on that amazing website of yours?
1: Look for me at techimaginations.net. And my video tutorials are out there. Um, This week, I'll talk about one of my favorite apps. It's been around for a while, classroomscreen.com. So go check that out. And my other videos over at techimaginations.net.
0: Nice. Next week is going to be episode number 166, and we are deep diving into the beginnings of the EdTech integration plan. That's right. Next week, we're going to be talking about how do you take a district snapshot, and we're going to be talking about things like Who takes the snapshot? What does it look like? I promise we're not going to do the joke that says portrait or landscape, but we are going to talk about what goes into it. And we've even got some great giveaways. So check that out next week. It's going to be episode 166 and we're just going to move down. So we're going to talk about mission and vision statements, needs assessments, all of that great stuff all coming up you don't want to miss it and you don't want to forget to hit that like and subscribe button i hope you have a chance to check this out and share this with your colleagues we are ask the tech coach sue one last time where do we go to get a hold of you and uh, share the social media things
1: at sv314dws on twitter
0: And, of course, one more time, you can find us over at Ask the Tech Coach on all things social media. We hope you've had a great time listening to the show. We're looking forward to everything. This is episode number 165. And on behalf of Sue and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.